0: Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We are so glad you can join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click on new. If you fill out that short form online as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. I'm looking forward to this teaching series because it's going to play a really important role in helping shape us as a church. We took some time to mark two years as a church community back on September 18th. And, you know, that was an in-person only teaching that we did that day. But in the service, I took the time to remind us of our DNA. What is our mission as a church? What's the only mission that Jesus actually gives us? And he gives it to every believer and it's found in Matthew chapter 28. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says this, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Our mission, our purpose, is to move people from darkness into light. And, and we have four steps which help us do that here at Radiant Church. We first want you to know God. That's, that's salvation. That's forgiveness. That's relationship with Jesus. Well, then we want you to find freedom, because just because Christ has set you free doesn't mean you're actually living free. This lifelong journey of allowing God's Spirit to change you and to free you, that's something called sanctification. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. Now next, we want you to discover your purpose. Why? Well, because God created you on purpose for a purpose. You have gifts, you have abilities, you have talents, you have connections, you have intellect that God designed for your purpose so you can do what? Make a difference for eternity. Now, this series we're going to be in for the month of October. It's called Legacy, and it's built around this this fourth step, really, you'll make a difference. I I don't believe your life will really begin to make a lot of sense, like you'll never be truly fulfilled until you begin to live in such a way that you know your life matters, that you're making a difference in the world around you. Psalm 112, 5 through 6 is sort of our theme verse in this series. We're going to come back to it each week before we kind of kick off that teaching. Uh, for the week, and it says this, that good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. But look at this part. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. Remembered. In other words, if you live generously and graciously, I think both is really the key here, you'll be able to withstand evil in a world where so many can't. A lot of things will be uncertain in this life. Many things will shake the world to its foundations. But if you live with generosity, if you live with grace, you'll find yourself standing firm when other folks are not. And not only that, you'll be able to be remembered. That's where this idea of legacy comes in that we're going to explore. So what what is legacy here? Well, legacy is where your life lives on. So, I really believe that God wants you to live your life in such a way that your life will live on long after you left this world. And that's part of what Psalm 112, 5, and 6 is really pointing to. As you're living beyond yourself, you're living a legacy, being remembered, right? So, if legacy is where your life lives on, then what does it mean to live a legacy life? Well, a legacy life gives to something which will outlive you. We're not just talking about finances here. You know, finances are important important. We'll, we'll focus a lot on that in this series. But I, I think, you know, living a legacy is not just financial. If you think that you're mistaken, we're talking more than that. You need to, you know, give your time, give your skills, give your efforts. You know, what do you have? That's the question you should ask. What, what do I have to give, right? What do I have to give? And then give it in such a way that it lives on after you're gone. Why do you remember somebody like, like Paul, for instance? Is it just because he wrote a third of the New Testament or is it more? Is it because he planted churches all throughout the Roman Empire and led thousands to find Christ? Is it because he poured his life into younger pastors like Timothy and and Titus? You know, yes, yes, and and yes. And then some more, right? We remember Paul because he gave everything that he had financially, intellectually, relationally, time. He, He gave everything and it outlived him and his legacy still impacts us here today. So a legacy life, gifts to something which will outlive you, but it also means this, that you're living your life so that it will outlive you too. Now, I'm a few ways, uh, years away from turning 40, and, and while most people kind of have their midlife crisis moment somewhere between 40 or 50, I actually had mine at 30. I know that sounds ridiculous, but, but I did, and, and I think it was realizing I was no longer considered like, you know, a young adult, and that kind of hit me hard. Uh, but now I'm heading in, you know, I was heading the middle age, it was a real thing, and, and for whatever reason, though, just turning 30 made me acutely aware of my own mortality, and, and I had a big self reflection moment in my life. I remember asking myself, what am I doing? Am I making a difference? What kind of legacy am I gonna leave? You know, the goal is not to live on Earth forever. You, You know that, right? Like, I love all the advances in biotechnology that are happening right now, but the goal is not to live forever. The goal is to leave something behind what you does and that could be something physical and you know material in nature but it could also be spiritual I don't know of a greater legacy than to leave behind a family who loves the Lord in part because of your spiritual leadership and they in turn are raising their families their kids to know and serve the Lord as well that's like the best legacy right there you know but the reason this is important is because you have a life here on earth yes but most of your life will be spent in eternity won't it You know very little of your existence will actually be your years in this world and so in reminding christians in rome to treat others with respect paul writes this romans chapter 14 look at this he says remember we will all stand before the judgment seat of god for the scriptures say as surely as i live says the lord every knee will bend to me every tongue will declare allegiance to god yes each of us will give a personal account to god if you're a christian You're going to stand before God one day, and you're going to give an account for your life in in really two ways. There's actually two judgments as a believer you're going to face. Now if you lead this life in eternity not knowing the Lord, then you really only have one judgment that you're gonna you're gonna come face to face with. Now I don't know if God's gonna ask these exact questions I'm fixing to kind of throw your way, but but just sort of think of it, these two judgments in terms of questions that, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe God asks you. The first one is this, what did you do with Jesus? Now, this is a very important question because it determines your spiritual and eternal destiny. This is for everybody, by the way. Everyone's gonna face this one, uh, Christian or not. You're gonna get this judgment from the Lord. And so, you know, God sent his son, Jesus to pay for your sins. So what did you do in response to that? And, and the correct answer, the one you want to give is, hey, I gave my life back to the Lord. I didn't just accept Jesus like I know Jesus. Now that's salvation. And, and a lot of wrong answers are going to be given that day and they'll be given by some who you would think would actually answer correctly. You know, John sees the end, um, like the end of the world here in a vision that he records in Revelation. And in it he talks about this judgment that we're, we're discussing right now. It's called the great white throne judgment. And you're going to see why here in a minute. But Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11, he says this, and I saw a great white throne and, and one sitting on it. And the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the books. Now notice this is plural. There's two books here, right? Two books, two judgments the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So, the book of life records the first judgment. That's the one that we we really just read about. If your name is in that book, then you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've accepted that His death and resurrection is the payment for your sins. But what if it's not in this book? Well, that's where the next one comes in. Because this other book records all of your works and how you lived your life and what you did with it, all that kind of stuff. And if your name isn't in the book of life, then you know God's gonna look at your works. And the problem here is that your works will never measure up to what Jesus did. He paid your bill. He paid for your sins. Now, did you accept? That. Because if you didn't, well then you have to pay for them yourself. Many people think God sends, you know, folks to hell, he's angry, he's judgmental, but the truth is God doesn't actually send anybody to hell. Truth is he's not angry. Truth is he loves you. It's just that sin has to be paid for. And if you don't accept Christ's payment for your sins and what he did on the cross, then you have to spend all of eternity paying that, you know, that, that, that payment that you owe yourself. And accepting Christ is not a, a one or done thing. If they accept him, and you allow them to free you and change you, then you live your life for him, right? If you pray the prayer and your life is never changed and you continue living your own way and doing your own thing, dude, I've got a warning for you. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. This is Jesus speaking here. And he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on judgment day, many will say to me, hey, Lord, we, we, we prophesy in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name but I will reply to them I I never really knew you get away from me you who break God's laws see many are doing the Christian things they they have the knowledge they know who Christ is they know who God is but they don't have Jesus right? There's no relationship there. They don't truly know Him personally. That's why our first step in helping folks move from darkness to light is we want them to know God. It all starts with knowing God in a very personal way. That's the first judgment. Here's the second judgment, though. It's the second question that, that really is just for Christians here. And I think God might ask it kind of like this, what did you do with what I gave you? So if you leave this world in the inner eternity without Christ, you only have your works to fall back on, and they don't measure up, so you spend eternity paying for your sins, separated from God. But if you know Christ, you've accepted what He did for us as payment for our sins, then your works are actually judged in a little bit different light. Your works actually determine your reward. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and look at this. This is Paul writing here, and he says, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one we've already have. That's, that's Jesus Christ. That's our." Salvation, by the way, it's it's in Christ, okay? Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials: gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And the fire will show if a person's work has any value, and value here really is in terms of eternity, okay? If the work survives, the builder receives a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder is saved, okay? This is very important. But like someone barely escaped through a wall of flames, alright? 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all stand before Christ, another letter he writes, and be judged. We'll receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body. So as a Christian, what do you do with your life? And your works actually matter. Now your works don't save you. This is very, very important. You can't work your way into heaven. Only Christ can pay for your sins. You can't work that. Um, but what you do with your life does determine your reward. And so you're going to want to say that, hey, you gave your life away. You lived in such a way that your life wasn't about you. It was all about God. It was all about other people. And, 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 and have that reward, right? Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God is set eternity in the hearts of of each one of us. And so whether you actually realize that or not here today, you instinctively are drawn to eternity. You're thinking about things to some extent in terms of forever, like how will people remember you? What difference will you make? We ask those basic questions because we have eternity deeply embedded in our hearts. So live your life and live it with intention, doing all you can for God in the short time you have. Live a life, that's driven by eternity. Now, how do you do that, right? sounds good, how do you do it? First, make the decision that I will intentionally give what I have. You know, God won't hold you accountable for what you don't have. He's gonna hold you accountable for what you do have. Again, don't think solely in terms of finances. Broaden your horizon. Think in terms of your whole life. Think about all that you have at your disposal. How are you using what God's given you today for His kingdom and glory? In these early days at Radiant Church, we don't have a whole lot, but what we do have you know, how can we use it to make a difference? Well, we've done a few things. One, we, we have facilities. We've been allowing other ministries, especially during the pandemic, allowing other, other ministries to use our facilities so they can reach people that perhaps we couldn't reach. Those ministries have made a difference in this community and, and people's lives. We have a chance next week uh, to make a difference in eternity by helping missionaries bring the hope of Christ to some of the, the most unreached places in the world. We helped over 80 families in our community with school supplies for the upcoming year. My wife and I, we don't have a whole lot, but we've opened up a home because we have one of those. We've opened up our home for folks to connect and build friendships with and grow together. I've had the privilege of spending time with other pastors who are planting new churches or revitalizing existing churches and pouring what experience and knowledge that I have about, you know, 15 years of ministry's worth anyway into them. So, so what do you have that you can give? 2 Corinthians 9.11 says that God enriches us in every way. So there are multiple ways we can be generous. Again, you know, you know what you have. So what can you give away and what can you give away on purpose intentionally? And you say, okay, well, that sounds really good, but how do I do that? I don't even know where to start. Well, I just gave you some examples of like how you can give away knowledge, how you can give away experience, how you can open up your home, be inviting, and none of those things, by the way, gifts, talents, none of those things require money. Okay, but there are great places to start uh, for sure uh, that 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 are financial in nature as well. So let's talk about that for a moment. Let me give you a few ideas. You can start by being a percentage giver. So decide how much you can give away, and then plan what you give. You know, don't be a spontaneous giver all the time. That's a fine thing every so often, but don't let that characterize how you give. Really get to a place where you can consistently give at a level that God leads you to. Here's another place you can start. Uh, That's our legacy offering. And so this year, our legacy offering is on Sunday, December the 4th. This is an opportunity to give over and above what you would typically give. And we don't tell you what to give. We don't manipulate you into giving. We simply ask you to pray and seek God's direction on what He would have you give. And we'll talk about that offering in the lead up to that date. We'll we'll have it in our weekly emails. We'll talk about it. You know, I'll have one letter that we'll send in the mail. But in each instance, here's the thing. The message is always going to be the same. Pray about what God would have you give. And whatever it is, just do it. Our legacy offering is all about making our lives live on. Now, right now, just to be honest with you, right now we're focused on facilities. We need to get them in shape, you know, but it won't always be this way because our real hope and our real aim with the legacy offering and what we hope is not the the not-too-distant future is to give away every single cent that we, we take up whether it's fully funding a missionary, or investing in a new church plant, or scholarship in kids for camp, whatever it is, that's the goal. And I really hope that we get there We get there soon. A final starting place to giving away what you, you have intentionally is to do acts of kindness. Now, if you're not local, you're gonna have to kind of do this on your own, but if you're local here, look, in our foyer, we have acts of kindness cards you can take with you to love on people in our community. Man, take one of those cards and like leave a great tip. Do something generous for somebody, something kind for them that's unsuspecting, right? They don't really expect that in our community. And then let them know, hey, it's people like you from this church called Radiant who actually really care about them and their lives. So do those types of things. And then make the decision to intentionally give what you have, and then make the choice to say, I will intentionally serve other people. Because when you serve, you give, you give your time, you give your efforts, you give your talents, you give your abilities and your gifts. Serving is giving. Some of you have been at Radiant for a while and I'm telling you as your pastor, it's time for you to get up and start serving, right? I get in there and go. Why? Because for starters, Jesus asks us to serve. Matthew 20, 26. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Let me encourage you to find a place where you can serve, where you can give yourself to others, and where you can make a difference. We have multiple teams here at Radiant Church. We call them dream teams. There's, there's one that I'm sure you can be a part of. Get up and get out there and start giving. Start being intentional about how you serve. And then finally, here's the last, uh, last one. Be, be intentional about sharing Jesus. When you're driven by eternity, you realize the most important legacy you can ever leave behind are changed lives. And that all starts with your understanding that you, your role is Christ's ambassador to this world. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. An ambassador is somebody who represents not himself or herself. They represent their nation and the interests of their nation. They're supposed to selflessly serve and represent who their nation is by encompassing all that it means to be an American, a Briton, a German, you know? And that's our role as followers of Christ. Like We're to live our lives which reflects who Christ is, what God's kingdom is like, and do so selflessly. Our mission is to bring people. From darkness to light. The most effective way you can do that is to be an ambassador for Jesus. Let your life represent his values and his teachings, how you live, what you say, what you do. They should selflessly reflect who Christ is. And when people see you living like Jesus, they're open to also hearing about Jesus. We're gonna give an account for our lives one day. Do we know Jesus? And if we do, then what do we do? With what we were given? Were we intentional about giving away what we have? Were we intentional about serving? Were we intentional about sharing Jesus with others who need to hear about Him? You know, Paul, in a writing to another pastor, one of the ones he poured into, named Timothy, he gives instructions on how to live a legacy life. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud not a trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Man, is that not true? Just look at the markets and the economies right now. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Do you know that God wants you to have joy (laughs) and to have pleasure in this life? God doesn't want you to live in misery, okay? tell them to use their money to do good, live a legacy life. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. The bottom line to living a legacy life, knowing that there's more to this life than just this life. Be driven for eternity. Live beyond yourself. Can okay, I pray with you here today? Father, I love you. Thank you for those who are watching and listening here today. God, I pray that you would help us to be driven for eternity. I pray, God, that our hearts would be uh, aligned with you, that we would give selflessly, serve selflessly, God, that, that we would live a legacy life, Lord, living a life that that outlives us, that goes beyond where we are right now. It goes, and once, once we leave into eternity, what we have done for you would just reverberate, I pray, to the generations that come behind us. Help us to leave a legacy, Father, for you. And I pray, Lord, for those perhaps that are there today that say, uh, Pastor, uh, I'm a Christian, but I don't know about this whole, I'm not, I, I haven't really jumped in to the legacy thing. And I'm worried about, you know, where I would stand in eternity as far as reward goes. Lord, I pray that they would, they would, again, be, be driven by eternity, the God that God, they would pour their heart, pour their soul into serving you in the kingdom work. And uh, God, knowing that everything that they do has eternal value behind it, that's really the key, and what they do for you has eternal value, so there's a reward that can await for them. And then for those, God, who might say, I don't even know if I would pass that first question, that first judgment, Lord, for those individuals who need you today, we, we want to say a special prayer for them. In fact, that, if that's you and you say, man, I, I don't know if I'd even be here uh, in God's kingdom because I don't know how I would answer that first question, what do i do with Jesus. Uh, if that's you, I want to walk you through a prayer that right now. I'm just going to model it for you. It's a prayer that, that will make him Lord and Savior. We're going to say this. We're going to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for the wrong that I've done. I've violated Your standards, I've done things I'm not proud of, and and I can't save myself. I recognize today that only You can save me, and I'm asking that You will save me. You paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, and when You rose again, may You pay the penalty for my sins here today, God, and and wipe everything clean. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow You, I'm going to serve You, I'm not going to live my way and do my own thing, I I will commit myself to serving Jesus Christ. Christ and making him Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and what you're going to do. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, like what you heard today subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to we hope you have an amazing rest of your day